It's a lover's game. <laughs> and you'll know what we mean when, when we get to it today on the Music Universe Podcast. Matt, you never cease to amaze me. I'm smiling from ear to ear. I very rarely get flustered in interviews anymore. Gosh, I've interviewed secretaries of state and and congressmen and senators and it was two people from Michigan who made me blush when they talked about Jeannie Seeley. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I loved talking to the Warren Treaty, who are originally from DC, by the way. Yep. Yeah, it uh it was an awesome interview. We got uh, more than I well, I think we got more than we expected from them, and it was awesome that they chatted with us about their new album. It's called Lover's Game. It's out March 10th via Universal Music Group. They're also headlining their own Lover's Game tour, hitting more than 35 cities this spring. It kicks off March 19th in Oklahoma City, and they're also joining Chris Stapleton on his All-American Roadshow tour that's hitting uh, America this summer as well, so you'll have to check that out. And Matt, I mean, you've seen them already, which you talk about, but I want to quote you because I've used this in our articles. You quote them saying that their show takes you from a concert to something of a religious experience. Well, I saw them in a synagogue, for heaven's sake. (laughs) Like, you you know, (laughs) the the analogy kind of writes itself. There's a venue here uh, in D.C. called Sixth and I. It is a a non-denominational synagogue. I've heard of non-denominational Christian churches. I've I've not heard of non-denominational synagogues. Uh, But they work with Live Nation to produce secular events that would not offend, uh, for lack of a better term, I don't know the the Jewish terms, but not offend their clergy, not offend their flock, their congregation. And Mm -hmm. so they'll have clean comedians, clean music, classical music, lectures. and, And the performances happen right there on the altar. The altar is about four feet off the ground with a with a um, fence in front of it. So it's about five feet all totaled off the ground. And they performed on there like a stage. And it was it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. They talk about going from I think being homeless to to this success and and then they open their mouths and sing and it's just they're the future. They are yeah. the future of country music. And we didn't really get into this this much. They mentioned race quite a few times in the context of their career and their experiences growing up, Michael specifically. Um, but I think country music is having a very important uh, racial moment, not tied to any wokeness or any form of social justice. It's just that people are waking up to the fact that these soulful country music artists are are damn good. You've got the Warren Treaty. You've yeah. got Jimmy Allen. You've got uh, Chapel Hart hitting it big and doing their first theater tour this year. So they've come along at exactly the right moment. And, and what I was trying to get to with my last question, which you'll hear, was I don't think they would be the Warren Treaty and have the success they had if they have not lived the life that they lived. And it's it's a shame that they had to live it, but... This is the end result. It is their just desserts. And I'm along for the ride. 110,000% along for oh the ride. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, first hearing them when they uh, when they performed uh, a Rolling Stones cover 
It's only rock and roll, and I like it. Um, you know, Brothers Osborne is with them on that for an upcoming Stone Cold Country 60th Anniversary Tribute album. I mean, they've had, you know, some releases before, but performing that on the CMA Awards is really kind of what just put them in in the spotlight, and that's obviously what you tell them. Uh, mm-hmm. During the interview, it's what you said during your review. You instantly had to see them. They were in D.C. a couple days later. And now the whole country gets to see them in person if, if they want on, on their tour. And, and the album is is great as well. So I, I don't want to spoil anything else. They've got some awesome stories to say. We should just get down to it with the War and Treaty. The War and Treaty. Michael and Tanya Trotter, welcome to the Music Universe podcast how are you? Although I think the answer is riding high on all of the accolades and fervor for this album, Lover's Game. How are you today? We are doing so good, and thank you so much for having us in the interview today. Oh, well, it's a pleasure. I got to ask, I know the story, but if you could tell our listeners the story of the name, The War and Treaty, one of the most unique names, and I love it. It fits perfectly. Yeah, I, I, it's one of my favorite stories to tell. Um, Ty and I, we, you know, we went through several band names, um, and she thought we had landed on the perfect one. And after eight times, I wanted to change the name again. And this, if you can imagine, really set Tanya off. Uh, she was like, this is not professional. This is not how you brand a band. And went all into that. We're arguing about it, and and finally, you know, she says, okay, we need to calm down. This is not the war. We need to come to some sort of treaty. And I said, well, you just just got the name of a band. It's the war and treaty. You know, and and we wanted wanted it to be a a story in it, you know, and and to be honest, and, and I'm a wounded warrior. I served two tours in Iraq in the United States Army, so there's our war. And uh, yeah. Tanya uh, brought, you know, just all of my resolutions, pretty much, um, and all of my reconciliations really uh, come wrapped in, in my treaty, which is Tanya. So that's uh, that's how we got our name. I love it. Uh, real quick, I know Buddy has a question for you, but I have to say, I saw you on the, my introduction to you was the CMA Awards, and I looked you up. I was like, who are these people? They are amazing. They are killing it. They are storming the barn, so to speak. And two days later, you had a show in your native and my hometown right now of DC. I came to see you at 6th and I, and I was just absolutely blown away. What do you make of the response that you have been getting as live performers? Um, touring and, and building this name for yourself ahead of your first major studio release. Wow. Well, first off, thank you so much for even coming to see us. I mean, I, I do remember reading your, your piece and Ty and I, you know, we were freaking oh, out yeah. and uh, so excited uh, to even be in DC. But if you, I'll take you back to a moment that you even remarked in your column. Um, you never know who's watching. You know what I'm saying? You never know who's, who's capturing the moment, even capturing it for you. And being uh, African-Americans um, singing uh, on that stage, in that broadcast, during that show, um, it meant so much to us. 
But we didn't realize how much it meant to others until we hit the stage in D.C. and uh, other places that we've gone. And when we would make mention of the performance, we would get an ovation uh, two minutes long and beyond. And that says a lot because all Tanya and I want to do is just connect. We just want to connect. We want people to feel good again about music and about uh, artists and, and feel good about uh, hope and love and peace and unity and inclusion, you know? And, and uh, so when we take that stage for a live performance, that's what we're bringing. And we're going to bring it as if it's our last time being able to bring it. And the response that we're getting in return, it's like you would think that this is the audience's last time they're going to be able to go to a show because they're giving it their all as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, I hope I answered that correctly, but that's, that's just what came to my mind when you, when you told us who you were. And I definitely remember um, reading, reading your piece. I was the guy in the front row at the end as you were bowing. I'm I, See, I'm a fan. I'm a fan first, even though I go to cover these things. And I'm so blown away. I'm the guy that grabbed both of your hands and said, Welcome to country music. Oh, We've yes. needed you. And I've believed yes, that ever we since. we remember very, very vividly. Yep. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's true. It's true. And now country music has a new album from the Warren Treaty in Lover's Game. And I believe at that show you gave us uh, some samples of it. What has the process been like um, putting this record together? It's been different for us. It's our first time doing a project where we actually did co-writes with others. We opened ourselves up to uh, co-write with other uh, Nashville writers. Um, and it's our first, our second time using a different producer. With Hartstown, we, you know, Michael produced it and I executive produced it alongside him. So this process is very different. We opened ourselves up like we've never done before. And even though we've only, uh, out of the songs that are on the record, we only used one song that we co-wrote with Dave Barnes on, it still was different for us because we expanded ourselves. We stretched ourselves a little bit more than we have done before. We did something different. Uh, And it was exciting. I mean, it was um, different for us. We had to write every other day, you know, with someone new. Uh, We learned how other people... um, operate and how Nashville works. It's a very collaborative town and uh, it really taught us a lot. Yeah. And I see you guys wrote more than a hundred songs. You've got 10 on this. And like Matt said, we've been listening to it. It's got some dirty Delta blues. It's got some hints of gospel R and B. It's just a fantastic record. Congrats guys. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So who are some of your influences that uh, you guys decided to include in uh, in the sounds of this album? That's so, I mean, the channel, these artists that I'm, I'm going to make mention is, is so fun and it's so uh, life changing. But for me, uh, Ray Charles, um, Otis Redding, uh, George Jones. Um, Al Green, uh, you know, these are the guys I look, I look to, Johnny Cash, um, 
for many reasons, not just for vocals, but for gut checks, for fearlessness. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it, it really feels great to look to those guys. And then when it comes to me and Tanya and then coming together, you know, um, George and Tanya, Johnny Cash, Jim Carter, Ashford and Simpson, uh, Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell, um, you know, and, and, and I'm going to give it to Tanya to give her, her, her solo influences and, and then, you know. Yeah, of course. I mean, we, we always look to the duos. We study, um, you know, Kenny Rogers and Dottie West or Kenny Rogers and Mr. Dolly Parton. Yeah, Cher, Sonny and Cher, Ashton and Simpson. Um, some of my vocal favorites are, uh, of course, Aretha Franklin, Tina Turner, Jennifer Holliday, Genovia Jeter, you know, from R&B Gospel Days, um, Mahalia Jackson. Um, we just discovered Dionne yeah, um, Warwick. We just discovered Delaney and Bonnie. Yeah, Delaney and Bonnie. Woo! Yeah, they're amazing. Um, I can Tina. The list goes on and on, and we take the parts of ourselves that we can relate to in them and invoke it in our music. Never forget. Never, ever forget um, their influence. Never, ever forget their power, their poise, their beauty, what made them legends. And, and that's what Ty and I, uh, we like to hold on to, you know. And and, and, and I, I might I must I must say this, but extracting one band, and one duo in particular, uh, Kenny Rogers and Dottie West. A lot of people they, they give a lot to Kenny and Dolly Parton, but I would mm-hmm. urge people to go back mm-hmm. and just listen to the album every time two fools collide. I mean, listen to. I mean, we all know the greatness of Mr. Kenny Rogers, but really go and study Miss Dottie West. She she has become one of my faves of all time. So her and, and her work with, with Kenny, that, that that is, I mean, when me and Tanya look in the mirror and we look at ourselves and we try to measure up, it's that duo in particular that, that really drives us. Yeah, it's amazing. One thing that was evident when I saw you live, speaking of duos, is the love you two have for each other is right there on stage. Is that a difficult thing to put that on display for people, or is that a natural byproduct of the music? I think what makes it difficult is trying to tone it down. Just trying to have a PG show, you know. <laughs> trying to have a rated PG show is, is the hard part. I mean, I mean, it's it's <laughs> you know, for me, you know, and I say this a lot, and our publishers know this. Tanya is my 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 reality and my fantasy all wrapped in one. Like she's everything for me, and I don't have the same uh, stories that most people have when they're working with their spouse. I actually enjoy working with Tanya fully, like completely. I enjoy her. Yeah, you get on my nerves. I think that's the part that I enjoy. enjoy. You know, she drives me nuts and she's insane, but I wouldn't have it, honestly. And, you know, someone told us a story last night about um, uh, Mr. Mr. Brooks, Mr. Garth. And they said that they were on 
on backstage and, and Garth was backstage watching uh, Trisha perform. And they said, Garth looked at them and he said, God, isn't she amazing? And they were like, yeah. And he was like, and I get to, I get to go home to that every night. And they were like, uh, dude, <laughs> too much, dude, <laughs> too much. And I'm like, no, it's not. Like, I'm proud of, of the fact that I only have eyes for my beautiful, intelligent, brilliant life. And, you know, it's hard. Like, even to a day like today, it's very difficult to try to make it feel special because this is our every day. Even when we fight. Like, sometimes I'll pick a fight with her just because I love how we make up. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It really is. It's, it's a joy. Um, we do this all the time. We we were on a cruise about two weeks ago, and I had rose petals all over the room, and you know, Michael. <laughs> and, and, you know, we just try to invoke evoke romance in our relationship all the time, even though Michael is the more romantic eye. I'm learning. Yes. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> well, well, that chemistry definitely shows. And uh, I just saw a clip of you guys uh, performing "Ain't No Harm in Me" at the Grand Ole Opry a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that was a lot. Being in that circle, that was the, the reveal of the new stage that they have, and to be a part of that was—it's yes. um, hard to put into words what that place means. Um, for anyone in music, but especially for people that look like us, to be able to be up there on that stage and what it represents to not just African American people, but what it represents to all of us that we're moving forward, that inclusion is a part of of the future for America, you know, or what it could look and like, what it could look like, especially for Africa. Yeah, you know, like I think a lot a lot of the times our community, um, our communities in our in our country we're still so segregated. You know, there's so many black people who don't know what the hell you're talking about when you say the Grand Old Opry, you know, and that's a shame. And um, I'm just really proud to be a part of uh, history being rectified in that way. So when Ty and I get on that stage, every single time we're, when we're backstage, we're literally back there either fighting off tears, mm-hmm. yeah. Or literally trying to spy on Jeannie Seeley, who, who I'm in love with. Sorry, Tanya. I mean, wait a minute. I got to tell you guys this. Dottie West had a um, Dottie West yeah. had her 80th birthday bash, I believe, this year, last year. Mm-hmm. And Jeannie um, and the family asked us to come and sing. Um, I feel sorry for anyone who isn't me tonight by Kenny and Dottie. Dottie. And um, our relationship first began with that family back in 2018 when the Country Music Hall of Fame asked us to be a part of the induction ceremony for Miss Dottie West. Well, we were backstage and everybody's taking photos and then Jeannie comes in and, and we already know Jeannie and she already knows us. But this was such a glorious moment because the photographer said, well, let's get a picture of the Warren Treaty and Jeannie. And so Tanya says, yes, Miss Jeannie, you come and get in the middle. You know you know how they, they always try to do is put the, the senior mm-hmm. um, personnel in the middle. And you know what Jeannie said? She said, let me teach you something, darling. You see this big hunk of a man? 
Oh, we put the man in the middle. Whoa! Mike drop on Tanya Trotter. Mike drop. Miss Jeannie said, let me show you how to handle this big, sexy, fat hump. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh I learned my that god. day. Great. I learned oh, that. I was day. not expecting that. Oh yeah. I learned my lesson. And no. you know, I must say, you know, it's been me and Tanya have been together for thirteen years. And when I say I only have eyes mm-hmm. for Tanya, but I must say that day uh, I, I may or may not have been a little turned on by Miss Jeannie Seely. <laughs> And her, uh, <laughs> and her wisdom. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's great. That is fantastic. I love that. This, this. Oh my gosh, where do we go from there? <laughs> well, I, I, I was, I was going to follow that with is country music something you both have always dreamed of doing is that your passion i would have to say i've always wanted to do something that encompasses all of who who we are you know from the gospel side the blues side the classical side the calypso side um growing up in dc i grew up listening to go-go music so you know it's it's just every part of what I've always wanted to do. And I, I remember getting into the music industry wondering why it was so separate, why you couldn't have, you know, a career where you could do it all. For me, mm-hmm. um, my first introduction into country music was uh, the powerful Willie Nelson. And mm-hmm. my grandmother, Juanita Orr, yeah. her favorite artist of all time is Willie Nelson. And I come from a very strict Christian home. So my mother, she literally rigged my radio to where I thought the only station we could get was a Christian Bible station called Moody Bible Institute. This is in Cleveland, Ohio in the 80s. And um, so I go to school and all the kids, you know, during the daytime, that radio station would play, you know, um, sermons from Charles Stanley and just different Tony Evans, different preachers. And, but at nighttime, when it was bedtime, it's an AM session and it'll flip over to playing country classics. And that's where I learned about Johnny Cash, who quickly became one of my faves. I learned about Miss Patsy Cline. You know, I learned about Dottie and mm-hmm. Dolly and, and, and Miss Loretta Lynn, God rest her soul, and Charlie Pride, all of the country classics, right? All the good stuff and, and Outlaws and Waylon. And... So, man, I would go to school and the kids in school would have the talks of the newest music. You know, when they talk about, you know, Tupac and Biggie and you know, genuine at this point in day and age, and they talk about the latest Michael video or whatever it was, and, and I'd say, well, have you guys heard that brand new song by uh, Johnny Cash called uh, Ring of Fire? And the kids are like, no. And I'm like, man, you guys missing out. And I'm like, it's brand new. And and after doing this for like weeks, I mean, I'm, I'm mentioning uh, 
Hank, after I think I think the last straw was when I mentioned Hank Williams, hey, good looking. And my teacher finally said, come here, son. Um, that new artist you're talking about, he's been dead for a long time now. These are not new artists. These are legends that you're talking about. And I'm like, <laughs> and, and I had to tell him, I think my mom tricked me because my uh, my radio station, my dial <laughs> was not set. But um, what that did was it, it created a, a, a thirst. Um, in my writing, it created mm-hmm. a passion to tell a story. And I didn't see any difference from when Waylon Jennings would sing and tell a story from when B.B. King would sing and tell a story. So country music has always been an interest of mine, but so is blues, so is gospel, so is jazz. And the thing that I'm interested in is unveiling the thin thread that holds all of our American genres together. To me, that is the artist that I want to be. I want to be the answer to, you know, what makes all these genres similar? And when it's all said and done, I want them to say, well, if you want to see how it all can work together, go look up and listen to the war and treaty. You know, they're carrying on the torch of what Ray Charles tried to do when he had the modern sounds of country western music, they're carrying on that torch of what Dottie um, <clears throat> um, West tried to do when she did "Lesson in Leaving" in the '70s, or you know, um, mm-hmm. they're carrying on these different torches of like Willie Nelson when he put out "Whiskey River" and how funky that was, and how so many people actually thought it was Billy Preston, and you know, or they're carrying on the traditions of the Pointer Sisters, and you know, and 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 and. This the list goes on and on of people who have tried to do something different and fresh, and we want to be in that conversation. Oh yeah, well you are, you are, and in a big way. My last question for you it's it's kind of a heavy question, um, because this is such an important cultural moment. You are riding this amazing wave, and in an era where we see so many artists sort of achieve viral fame on TikTok or whatever, you know, before they're out of diapers practically, to have done this at this season in your life and to be achieving the success now, does it feel like the perfect time for everything that you've worked for? And what do you make of, of all of the success right now in this moment? I, I Gratitude, thankfulness, humility. Uh, I can't believe it. It's a pinch me moment. Um, but at the same time, um, our woke is there's some responsibility that comes with this. It's not just, yay, my dreams are coming true. It's not just, I'm showing up at the party and I ain't tardy or, you know, it's, it's not just something that Mm -hmm. I and I sit back and we clap and applaud the team on. It's something that we go, you know, now now, what does this mean? Like, why now? What's, what's, what is the bigger conversation we're a part of? What's our responsibility? What do we do now? How do we make Charlie Pride proud? Like, what did he, if he could be interviewed, what would he say he missed in those moments? And can Tanya and I mm. 
be his resolution for that. You know, how how are we appreciative wow. of this moment? What does it mean? Are we just happy to be here? Or do we understand our role in the bigger picture? Do we get that we are helping the fight of inclusion? And for me and Tanya and our children and our children's children and beyond, you know, even last night, um, I'll tell you guys, Juliet Thomerson from the Country Music Hall of Fame, late last night, she said, I'm sorry for texting you all so late, but I had to send you this. It was a video that came out of a school in Atlanta, Georgia. And there was two young black kids standing on the stage, a black male, a black female in, in high school. And the black male had on a cowboy hat and some boots. His whole outfit looked like one of my outfits that I wore or something. And the female, same thing. She looked like Tanya, had a red tie around her neck. And they were singing a song we wrote called Hearts. Oh. And it broke my, it, it broke me. We were, we were in tears because I was like, I didn't see that when I was a child, you know, I didn't see anyone looking at Charlie Pride and then trying to dress like him because he wasn't marketed to my community. But somehow, some way, even through Universal, like the chances that are being taken today and Tanya and I are seeing this immediate response from people that actually look like us saying, yeah, we got a, we, we, we have a story to tell. And we belong in country music. We belong in Americana. We belong in folk. We belong in bluegrass. And we just, we belong in existence. This is our responsibility. So we're yeah. amped up about yeah. it. We're excited. And like Lainey Wilson said, you can trust Michael and Tanya with this responsibility. We won't let you down. And Lover's Game is, is absolutely an example of that, as are the stories you share live and the music you share live. Tanya, Michael, the Warren Treaty, a pleasure, big, even, I know it feels big right now, but even more massive, massive success is headed your way. I am sure of it. Mm -hmm. Buddy is sure of it. Thank you so much for being with Thanks, us. Thanks, Matt, really buddy. Thanks, Matt, buddy. We appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you never know going into an interview how, how talkative people are going to be, but my gosh, or I, I feel like we could kill. have a beer with them feisty Jeannie Seeley. Now I have, we have to interview Jeannie Seeley and ask her about this. <laughs> so somebody call Bev. <laughs> I, I feel like we, it, I feel like we could uh, have a beer with them and just sit for days. I absolutely. Cause there was so much more I wanted to pick their brain on. Um, one thing I didn't get to tell them. And I don't know if I mentioned this in the, in the review or not. And by the way, I think this is the first time we've interviewed somebody who, talked about a review either you or i have have written so yeah that was that, that made was oh you hear that, that was really thing. cool i went oh like <laughs> just such a little child <laughs> but well, anyway anyway it was sweet it was sweet it, it that was, they read it and mentioned it it was it great. was really sweet and and like i said i was so i was when i went to see him at sixth and i i was in the second row um because i didn't want to sit in the because again the stage was kind of high i didn't really want to be uh, Strain in my neck. Right. Why am I doing it? We're not on Zoom. You can't see what I'm doing, but I'm looking all the way up at the ceiling. I didn't want to be doing that. But then right. when it came time for the last couple of songs, encore and whatever, 
I went to the front, and they were shaking everybody's hand. This was truly a homecoming show. I think half the people there, just because of the market that it was, were friends of theirs that were mm-hmm. there and had bought tickets and, and were there because they recognized people in the crowd. And I went up to both of them, and I just said, Welcome to country music. We've, been, we've waited for you, and we've needed you. Yeah. And, and I don't know we have because a lot of might get in trouble for for saying this a lot of country music especially for people that are not your traditional country music artists it doesn't feel authentic what they do feels authentic mm-hmm. you know when i say when you you know a lot of the people who come into this uh and if they're not you know a straight white dude with a cowboy hat and fringes, they think they need to be something other than they're not. Right. Or than they are. And that's not the case with the war and treaty. And and that's why I just stood up. I said, we needed you. And again, going to reference our friend Danica and Chapel Heart. They do the same thing. And mm-hmm. both of those acts had national platforms at the same time. And look what's happening. It doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. If you're authentic, the country music audience will accept you. And it it, yep. it, it is just, it is just wonderful. But when I didn't tell them, I met their daughter. I met their daughter. Their daughter, uh, it has to be, because they've been together for 13 years, it has to be it's either Michael's daughter or Tanya's daughter from another relationship because she's grown and she's older. Um, but uh, I would presume, if I'm wrong, please guys reach out, correct me. Um, and no offense meant, but I met their daughter and, and she was like, yeah, those are my parents. <laughs> she was so shy and adorable. It, it was just, I was like, oh my gosh. So it's a real family affair out on the road for them. And what can I say? We're fawning now. This is, this is crazy, but it was yeah. such a wonderful time talking with them. Oh no, it it definitely was, and listening to that album, like like I said during the interview, just a a mix of some swampy blues and and gospel and R and B and obviously the country aspect of it. Just I wasn't turned away from it, and you know I I don't tend to listen to a whole lot of new country sometimes or any music really because right. it's just not authentic. But this is authentic, and you all have to go out and. Um, see them. I can't wait till they, they come to the West Coast. I, I don't believe they're coming to Bakersfield and uh, checking L.A. dates. Um, yeah, they're, they are coming March 26th, so I may, I'm not quite sure where because it doesn't have the venue at this point uh, from what I'm looking at, but um, may have to go see them myself. Um, I'm excited about it. So uh, they, they were fantastic. I knew they were going to be. And, uh, you know, that tour of their own raps may 13th in nashville of all places so um it's gonna be a great uh, year for them i'm i'm excited about their success me too me too as you can tell and we mm-hmm. will be following it and they are welcome back on this show anytime they Absolutely. want uh call me while i'm you know call me while i'm in in vegas i will fly home to my to my microphone to to talk with them they are amazing all and right trust me he will he will fly anywhere at any <laughs> last minute no given notice whatever however you want to put it matt will fly <laughs> i will i i have my email signature for the music universe i have i have uh, based in dc will travel to rock 
<laughs> and I'm thinking of changing that to based in D.C. slash Nashville slash Vegas, we'll travel to rock. Because <laughs> you're three places at once at any given time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, for the Music Universe podcast, I'm Matt. And I'm Buddy. As always, thanks for listening and watching if uh, you watch any of the video interviews and we appreciate you following us at themusicuniverse.com as well at the music uni and uh, take care and uh, best of luck to everybody. <laughs>